Welcome back again to the shit show that never ends. Step inside, step inside. So, it's going to be a, a wild and woolly one today. Uh, probably not. Uh, welcome to Panic Attack. It's Big John. Getter, Twitter, at The Real. Oh, and Truth Social. Someday I'll remember that. Getter, Twitter, Truth Social. The Real underscore Big John. And like, share, subscribe, all that neat, neato stuff. I like that word stuff. I like the word stuff. So, what are we going to gab about today? Today, welcome to today's talk. So we got the January 6th panel, formerly Sab Sabina's Trump. Forget Ron DeSantis. Democrats need to worry about Carrie Lake. I don't think so. Uh, and the Supreme Court is about to make a political decision. So get into all that after I light up my cigar. And maybe we get... I'm trying to look at something intently on my computer here. Delete some files while I'm recording a file. See how that goes. Alright, let me light one up and we'll be back at you in a minute. Holla at your boy. Or not. So let's take a look at this here. <coughs> Not look at me coughing. So, the January 6th panel, or unselect committee, uh, has subpoenaed Donald Trump detailing 19 areas of inquiry it wishes to discuss with the former president and asking him to appear for deposition on November 14th. Uh, now, it's important to remember this is, I mean, sort of, kind of, a feeble October surprise doing this a couple weeks before the election. But there's some ridiculous study out that Americans care more about French fries than they do the January 6th investigation panel. They see it like you and I see it, or like I see it and you should see it, I would hope, that this was a bunch of idiots acted like fools at the Capitol. It was a riot. It was not an insurrection. There was no attempt to overthrow the government. There was a feeble attempt to stop the electoral college count by a handful of the small group of people that went into the Capitol.
Like, honest to goodness. They're trying to sway the, the midterm elections any way they can. More importantly, they want to keep Trump from running in 2024. And there's no... There's no reason for this. Ray Charles could see, and Stevie don't have to wonder, that this riot was not Donald Trump's attempt to overthrow the government. If it was, it was the worst attempt to stop the electoral count ever. He had everything going his way. Yeah, he threw Mike Pence under the bus. Uh, Pence did not have the ability constitutionally or in the Electoral Count Act of 18-something or other to stop that count. The Senators could have objected, or the House and the Senators could have objected. There would have been debate. And that got screwed up by these rioters. After the reps and senators went to their secret hiding places, came back out late that night, all of the procedures and formalities of this count were followed by the book. Period, point blank. This committee knows that. They know, you know, yeah, Trump wanted to go to the Capitol. Trump wanted to be with his peeps. But the Secret Service has basically told their, uh, the witness that said, oh, Trump was grabbing the steering wheel of the SUV or the, the limo and putting Secret Service agents in chokeholds trying to get control of the limo. The Secret Service was like, that's a lie. And they wanted to testify before this committee, and the committee said, oh, never mind, it's okay. We, we got the headlines and the news we wanted. That's all this is, is smoke and mirrors, and they want to find something that they can indict Trump on. Something they can say Merrick Garland take Trump to court on this, get a make-believe trial, and convict him so he can't run for president. That's all. But you know what? The American people are seeing through all of this, and we're going to have so many good people in line to be president in 2024. Everyone's talking DeSantis. Yeah, okay. I, I like him. I don't like him better than I do Trump. But I like DeSantis. I'll vote for DeSantis. I'll vote. A friend of mine told me one time, you, you say you're a Christian, but I think you would vote for the devil if you were a Republican. Well, you know, the, uh, the Democrat Party is the devil, so I guess we don't have to worry about that. But... For Pete's sakes, this red tsunami that's going to sweep the nation in the November 8th, 2022, you're going to have so many stars 
rise from that new wave of Republicans, 67 of those candidates are women, minorities, just, they're just not old white guys, thank heavens. Heavens to Betsy, I'm so tired of the party of old white guys. They're going to sweep in, they're probably a little more conservative, and you're going to see stars come out. So in 2024, those Republicans that have been in the wings, Ron DeSantis, Ted Cruz, Marco Rubio, Tim Scott, Sarah Palin, no, no, no. But maybe. Uh, trying to think of a couple other women. Uh, Christy Nome, Nikki Haley. All these people are going to be out there for the, the taking it and the choosing of the Republicans. During that primary show, Trump has brought a new gusto. A new, way, a new type of Republican to the dance. And they aren't going to forget who brought them here. So, and they know it's the MAGA Republicans. They know it's Trumpy Baby. Uh, this outfit called Raw Story says, forget, it's rawstory.com, by the way. But I just saw this and it kind of ties into what I was just yapping about. Forget Ron DeSantis. Here's why Dems should be very nervous about Carrie Lake. She's an emerging star of the Republican Party. She's going to win that Arizona uh, governorship hands down. You're going to have 32 Republican governors in America uh, after November 2022. Uh Florida Governor Ron DeSantis has widely uh, has been widely heralded as the top rising star in the Republican Party, but former newscaster uh, in Arizona may bump the former congressman and Harvard Law graduate off his perch. Lake is a dual frontrunner, conservative Rich Lowry wrote for Politico. She is more likely than not to win her race for Arizona governor and then would have to be considered a favorite to become Donald Trump's vice president. Only two, a year or two after taking the governor's office, that's too soon. I say Christy Nome, uh, maybe Nikki Haley, who's basically already thrown her hat in the race for president. Uh, Tim Scott, uh, Trump DeSantis would be a mega ticket, mega mega ticket, but one of Trump would have to change his residence to New York. Now there's a somebody just told me it's probably just between he and I, but there would be a big middle finger if Lee Zeldin wins the governorship of New York and then pardons Trump for that lawsuit that the New York Attorney General filed against him. If, 
Trump moved back to New York City as a, uh, a resident, then he and DeSantis could run. According to what the way it worked out in 2000, and I don't think the laws or the Constitution has changed. I know the Constitution hasn't changed. But, see, when Cheney and Bush were both in Texas, if they ran as president and vice president, Texas's electoral votes wouldn't count. So when people say the president and vice president can't be from the same state, that's not true. They can be, but last I checked, that state's electoral votes don't count. Obviously, you need Florida's electoral votes to win the White House. But I, I would not remotely advise Trump to take Carrie Lake uh, as a vice president, or uh, and I would not advise Carrie Lake to uh, go for the vice presidency. Maybe a few years from now, after she's served a term and a half or two terms as governor, she could be Ron DeSantis's VP. She's she's very young. Who was it? Uh, oh, Tulsi Gabbard. That's a possible VP for Trump too. Uh, she recently left the Democrat Party, and she's out on the campaign trail with Republicans. Uh, and she's only 41. I was surprised. I thought she was on the other side of 45, like my age, like 46 or 47. So 41-year-old Tulsi Gabbard, good-looking woman, intelligent, military background, not a big gun person, though. She's not uh, a real strong Second Amendment person, though. But... Still, it's it's vice president, uh, and she's she'll debate the hell out of your ass. She will debate you to the death. I I want to check her Second Amendment stance officially, formally. See what see what the words coming out of her mouth say. So the Hill reports is the Supreme Court about to make another political decision? says here, uh, there's somebody holding up a sign in this picture, voters choose their representatives, not the other way around. Let's see here. American democracy is at risk of serious uh, deterioration. A recent poll showed 71% of Americans think, I don't care. What's the Supreme Court's case? Democracy threatened by MAGA, democracy threatened by events of January 6th, democracy threatened by those without evidence that deny the outcome of the 2020 election. We have evidence. Another assault on democracy is the possible outcome of a case slated to come before the Supreme Court uh, called Moore versus Harper which will solve whether or not whether a novel doctrine of constitutional interpretation known as independent state legislature has any validity. The conservative former federal judge Michael Luttig, Luttig who is not generally known for hyperbole, uh, for hyperbole 
has called this case the most important case for American democracy in half a century. All right, let's get to the crux of the biscuit. The Constitution's clause, Elections Clause, Article 1, Section 4, as opposed to the Parallel Electors Clause, Article 2, Section 1, which lawyer John Eastman sought to twist a bit to his purpose on January 6th. The times, places, and manners of holding elections for Congress shall be prescribed in each state by the le legislature thereof, subject to the power of Congress to make or alter such regulation. So, woo. This comes out of North Carolina. Uh, the Republican or the North Carolina map, as drawn by the legislature, would bake in 10 of the state's 14 congressional districts for Republicans. The Democrats, of course, unwilling to take the map. Uh, scam sitting down. Okay, so this is like a very biased article from the Hill. But let me get to the point. The Constitution says it's up to the state legislatures to draw these district lines. I've said this before several times. You are always going to have states that are red or blue or purple. But you're never going to be able to draw... a congressional map or a house of representatives map for the the state legislature the state senate or the federal house that is perfectly 50-50 republican and democrat it just doesn't happen geographically you know people from the cities tend to be Democrat. People in the suburbs used to tend to be Republican. Now that uh, Republican area has gotten more rural, although they've, we've started to win back the suburban vote, the suburban housewife, after their kids stayed home for two years and parents saw what their kids were being taught. Anyhow. I use Ohio House 59 as an example. They drew this to be fair. This makes no sense whatsoever. Half of the district is in a red area. Uh, the other half is in a purple-blue area. It kind of is purple and then fades to blue. It's rural western Columbiana County and then some of rural southern Mahoning County and a lot of inner city Youngstown, Ohio. The needs of the people in Youngstown and the wants of the people in that section of Youngstown vastly differ from the needs and wants of 
the people in rural western Columbiana County. You have inner city versus farmland. So the representation of a farmer or a rural person should be different than that representative of a person in the inner city. The person on the farm is worried about <laughs> farming. The person in the inner city is probably worried about jobs, which everybody worries about that. Gang violence, drugs. Now, drugs and violence, drugs especially, are everywhere. But they have very few overlapping concerns and require a different representative for each geographic area because they're different kinds of people. So saying, well, you have to take this part of Youngstown and then blend it in with this rural part of Columbiana County. And I say rural Columbiana County because there's not a city out there that I can think of, and I live near there. So you're taking this and saying, well, you got to make it fair. It's got to be fair. It's got to be a place where there's a 50-50 chance that a Republican or a Democrat could get elected. It doesn't make sense. It just doesn't. That's not gerrymandering to put all of, let's say, Columbiana County in with uh, Carroll County or, you know, in a make it a red district and then all of Youngstown or a big part of Youngstown into a blue district. It's been done for ages. Both parties do it. The problem is right now, because the Democrats suck and they're not a national party anymore, Republicans control the vast majority of state legislatures and state governors, and so the Democrats don't want us drawing the maps anymore. Now, I will admit that the way congressional maps are drawn is funky as hell. Uh, the Th Ohio 13th District, it's got a big chunk of uh, Trumbull and Mahoning County in it. Then it gets like real thin and then gets wide again up near Akron and Barberton. <laughs> so you got this thin little strip that connects the two big blue areas, a thin blue area connecting the two very blue, which those two very blue areas are starting to go purple. And I think uh, Madison Gates, Madison, uh, I can't say it if it's not written in front of me, but Madison Gates, the former Miss Ohio, might win that district. Shaking my finger at you. Anyways, God bless you guys. Thanks for watching. Catch you next time. Until then, pray for each other. Love somebody today and be the reason somebody feels loved.